0: Amen. What a wonderful song. I was thinking about that phrase, uh, and I've forgotten the phrase, but it was good. Um, I think it was when uh, faith becomes sight. And uh, man, aren't you, does your soul yearn for that day? Um, with everything that goes on in our world and everything that we have to deal with and just everything. Um, And uh, I just, uh, I cannot wait for the day where I get to see my Savior. And uh, that's going to be a wonderful day. I was thinking about that. And really thinking upon that word uh, faith, uh, which is kind of the topic of tonight. Now it's been, I have learned um, really just from observation uh, that it is never good to preach from the same book. Uh, nor the same chapter that a pastor is currently preaching through in the middle of a series. I hear that that's like uh, grounds you don't tread on um. But it's really his fault, because a few weeks ago, uh, he was preaching from Hebrews 11, and uh, it's kind of one of those times when you're preaching, and uh, a verse just elevates itself off the page, uh, the Holy Spirit draws it to you, and, uh, and I have just been meditating upon that verse, and I literally had a battle with the Lord, and I said, uh, he won, uh, but I said, uh, I said Lord, I, I can't walk into the middle of a pastoral series uh, and preach from the very same book, uh, much more the very same chapter, um, but I am. All right, and so uh, we're, we're looking forward to it, but Hebrews chapter 11 is where we're going to be at. I'm thankful he's already preached this portion, okay, so I'm not giving you the new stuff. Um, aren't you glad that there's no new stuff? It's the Word of God, the same yesterday, today, and forever, and I'm thankful for that. But uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 11, and, and once you get there, I want you to turn over to Numbers chapter 13, uh, Numbers chapter 13, and uh, uh, I'll I'll say a few things about uh, uh, the ministry here in just a moment that we're headed to uh, from Numbers chapter 13, but go ahead and stand with me for the reading of God's Word. I'm going to read verses uh, uh, 12 through 16 of chapter number 11, and uh, then we'll go over to Numbers and we'll read a verse uh, over there, okay? So, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, look at verse number 12. Therefore sprang there even of one... And him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country." And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city." If you'll go back to verse 13, this is the one that, that just really elevated. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Hebrews eleven thirteen still. But uh, he, this is the one that elevated as I was reading it. And I'm uh, going to preach a message entitled tonight, The Progression of Faith. Okay, The Progression of Faith. Look at verse 13. I think you'll see that immediately. Uh, but it says, These all died in faith. Okay, that gives us their testimony. Uh, Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them. And confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Um, And if you'll go back to Numbers chapter 13, and I want you to just look at one verse, I think pretty familiar to most of us, uh, but verse number 30, if you would. And this is what Numbers chapter 13, verse number 30 says. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I love you and I thank you for the wonderful privilege it is to preach. Lord, I thank you for the call that you put on my heart many years ago to preach. And Lord, for this opportunity that my family and I have. But Lord, tonight here we're in your word. And Lord, there is nothing new here. Uh, Lord, this is the same word that has been, is, and forever will be. It is the word that lasts forever. And so Lord, we pray that you would give us a fresh anointing on this word tonight. Lord, I pray that you would give me the words to say, hold back that which shouldn't be. Help me to represent your word well tonight. Lord, I I would not want anything to come in between what you and your Holy Spirit want to do in the hearts of your Christians here tonight. Lord, I pray that a work would be done that would count for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Uh, You may be seated. If we could start in Numbers uh, chapter 13, uh, verse number 30. I don't often do this. Uh, I probably never will again, I never have before, Um, but uh, I I am very dependent on the Word of God when it comes to future uh, or decisions that will affect my future. I hope you are as well, by the way. Um, uh, uh, "'Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path.'" Um, the Bible says, "...Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. It is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path." So I trust that before you make decisions, you consult the Word of God. Um, by the way, as Pastor reminds us all the time, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If you're going to make a decision of faith, I suggest you get in the Word of God long before you make that decision. Uh, but this was a verse that the Lord used in my heart, uh, and uh, the, the city that we're going to is really smack dab in the middle of the state of Illinois. Uh, it's about 10 hours north of here, okay? I, I, I love the word north. Um, I've been in the South for 34 years. Okay, uh, the South still won the Civil War, and uh, but uh, so what we are, what we're dealing with though, is there's a lot of uh, a lot of things there in Lake City, Illinois, which is the name of that city. About uh, five, it, just in the about um, uh, about 10 minutes every direction in a circle. There's a total of about 5,000 people just right there, and then about 15 minutes, uh, depending who's driving, uh, to the west. Uh, there is a city of 70,000 people. Um, so about 75,000 people within this uh, little area there. And uh, two, including the one we're in, two solid, independent, fundamental Baptist churches. And uh, I, I, this is not a mission for you, but it is the mission field. And uh, so we're excited about what the Lord's going to draw us to, and uh, we're excited about what the Lord's going to do with us. And so we're, we're, we're waiting, and uh, it's only two weeks away, and we're excited about that. But one of the things that, uh, that really caught me about this verse, and if I could just start here and then we'll, we'll head over to Hebrews 11 and make comparisons as we go. Um, but in verse number 30, it said this, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses. Now that word stilled is a very interesting word. Um, the word stilled is there because there were a lot of emo- of emotions, if you would read uh, the verses that were prior to that. And uh, one of the things in my life, as you can imagine, having been here for 34 years of my life, uh, one of the things that was involved in all of this was emotion. Um, I have experienced and had experienced every single emotion that you can think of. uh, I have experienced, as the Lord has uh, called me uh, to uh, to the city of Illinois, and we almost didn't do it. We almost didn't do it. Um, and, and largely the reason was, in fact, this last Sunday we were candidating and, and uh, we were at lunch and they offered us unsweet tea. I told Danielle, we got to hightail it out of here. Um, but, uh, but then they offered us sweet tea and I thought things are okay again, except they brought, poured some sugar in there and brought the spoon to you to do it yourself. And I thought, we still got to hightail it out of here. I can't, I can't deal with this. But, but no, in all seriousness, there were times where we thought, no way, no way, this is not, we can't do this, not not happening, no way. But you understand there were a lot of emotions and no doubt in the will of God. And I should say this, when you make decisions by faith, there's often emotions that are kind of erupted inside of you. And I appreciate that the Word of God is there to still you in those times. I appreciate that the God of the universe is there, that even though those motions may be present, that we don't have to make in the will of God or by faith decisions of emotion, but those emotions can be tempered by the Word of God. And I'm thankful for that. That's why you want to go to the Word of God before ever making a decision of faith. But there he, he stilled the people before Moses and said, "...let us go up at once." Uh, Another thing that caution caution was brought in my mind, too, was not just the emotions of it all, but was the timing of it all. Uh, I just thought, my goodness, uh, here I am stepping by faith away from the school, and here we are stepping into nothing. Lord, (laughs) what are we supposed to do? And then it was like as if it was dominoes. The Lord brought it every single part to where it needed to be, and it was as if it was, let us go up at once. How many of you understand that in the will of God, location is just as timing is just as important as location? God knew exactly what He was doing, and continues to prove that He knew what He was doing. And then my favorite part: and possess it. <laughs> I love that because there's 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 this this will of God and this this goal of God that He has for each one of us. And if we'll but be sensitive and surrender to God, we can have that possession of what God wants us to have as well because he says in the end for we are well able to overcome it. You know why by the way he says and we're we'll, we'll, we'll parallel that to where we're what we're talking about tonight. You know why he says for we are well able to overcome it because God had already promised that they would well able overcome it. You understand it wasn't because oh we're strong, oh we're a great army, oh we're this military might. No, it was because God had already said it and for them that settled it. Uh, You'll actually see just a few verses. We'll not read it, but a few verses later, uh, they just kind of disregard what Caleb says. They don't care. Uh, In fact, uh, Caleb will say uh, in the very next chapter, Caleb, Caleb will tell them, let us just not rebel against the Lord. Whatever we do, don't rebel against the Lord. And often in times of faith, there is that temptation to, well, you know what? Let's just rebel against the Lord. Let's just not do it. Let's just not go. But see, the, the thing is, it's not faith isn't just something you muster up. Faith isn't just something that, oh, there's a big decision to be made. I hope I have enough faith. No, no, no. That's not what it is. Faith is grounded. Faith is rooted in the Word of God. And so because faith is grounded in the root of God and not in, in the Word of God and not in the emotions. When those things come, I and those, those, those big decisions or little decisions of faith come, I want to be rooted enough in here already that when that happens, this is where I run to. Not anywhere else. And, and Hebrews chapter eleven, and, and, and just a couple weeks ago, Pastor already preached through this. I I, I got his notes. Okay, no, I didn't. Uh, I'm not I'm not preaching that by any means. But but verse thirteen shows us kind of not the not the not the progression of faith with regard to salvation. Uh, that was one time settled. We don't have progressive salvation. When we got saved, we got saved, and that was forever. Okay, that lasts for all eternity. But in our faith, there are some things that actually happen where we settle some things in our hearts and we make some decisions based on that faith. And Hebrews eleven thirteen kind of gives us that formula. It kind of shows us what happened in the life of these people. So that's kind of where I'd like to, uh, to start out in Hebrews eleven thirteen. So if you're back in Hebrews 11, let's go to verse number 13, okay? So the first thing we see in verse number 13 is this, that there was a distance that was overcome. There was a distance That was overcome. Look at uh, verse number 13, uh, the first part of that. It said, these all died in faith. Talking about all the people that have been listed already. We'll go over those in a moment. Not having received the promises. This is a distance from fulfillment. This is a distance from fulfillment. Isn't faith really all about what has or has not happened yet? I mean, you think. In fact, in verse number 3, I believe it was. It says that by faith or through faith, we believe that the worlds were framed by him. We were not there for that there is a distance between us and where creation was we look back and we believe in creation because god settled it in his word but it is something that distance had to be overcome in order for us to do that by the way in our future we were just talking about when our faith becomes sight that is something that we believe is going to happen aren't you glad that there's going to be a catching away in the air when my lord returns for me aren't you glad that there is going to be one day where uh, where we will stand before the judgment seat of christ there's There is coming a day where my Lord will set up a millennial reign. There is coming a day when I will be forever with my Savior. And we believe that by faith. But there's a distance that is overcome for these folks. You think of Abraham. You think of Isaac. You think of Jacob. You think of these men who received a promise and that promise was never realized in their very lifetime. There was a distance from the time that they got that promise to the time that it would be fulfilled that they had to overcome in order for them to establish it in their hearts. So there was a distance to be overcome from fulfillment, but not just from fulfillment. Notice the next part in verse 13. There was a distance without sight. I like how it says here, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. I like 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If we had time, we'd read all 10 verses. But verse number 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Sometimes some of the most difficult things about faith is the lack of view. (laughs) It's not being able to see, right? Isn't the unknown kind of scary sometimes? I love picking on my kids with this. Um, I absolutely love... Uh, when, it, when we're getting ready for, uh, that's the best time to do stuff like this is when they're getting ready for bed. My wife would disagree with that, but it's the best time, dads. And, uh, but, we're, you know, uh, we're, we're getting ready for bed. The lights are turned out. Joshua and Juliana are in here, and, and uh, they're running back into their room. I'm already stationed in their room with the light out. And so they come in, flip the light on. Ah! And oh man, it is the most wonderful thing. But isn't sometimes the unknown or the unexpected? Sometimes it comes with a lot of uh, of, of fear. It comes with a lot of um, sometimes anxiety. Why? Uh, because it's the unknown. It's what you cannot see. And here the Bible says that they saw these things afar off. They may not have ever realized them in their life, but it was as if it was true today, even though it hadn't come to pass yet. Uh, That's what we believe about future events. We believe future events will happen as if it was happening today. Why? Because the Holy Word of God says it. And so my faith is rooted in the promises of God, even though the promises of God may not have come to fulfillment yet. Uh, one of the things my wife raves about, about the uh, Midwest, okay? She's from the Midwest. And so, one thing she raves about, uh, I, I think uh, anytime a topic comes up, especially now, it's just been over and over and over, is just how far you can see. It's how far you can see. Um, which I must admit, I was on an early drive Sunday morning, very, very early, and I left my wall charger at home, but I was on a drive very early Sunday morning, and uh, in my rear view was a very beautiful sunset, and uh, I I did enjoy that, okay? I didn't enjoy the unsweet tea, but I enjoyed that, Um, but one of the things that's neat is that you, is that, is how far you can see. Here in Georgia, I mean, you look that way, there's a line of trees. You look that way, there's a line of trees. You look that way, there's a line of trees. I mean, it's just trees, trees, trees everywhere, okay? I feel comfortable with trees. I grew up with trees, okay? Um, uh, She loves the fact that you can see if anybody's coming, all right? You know, that's, that's a good thing for her. Uh, But isn't it it true if you've been on the other side of trees or if you've seen trees, your view may not be able to see past those trees, but you know what's on the other side of those trees. Uh, Very well if somebody has told you or if, if you have been there yourself, you have a guarantee of what's on the other side of those trees. Maybe it's a highway. Maybe it's another neighborhood. But you know there's something on the other side of those trees even though you can't see them. You know, that's faith. That's faith. There's a line of trees blocking our visual of what's coming. But we know what's coming because God has told us what is coming. And even if we don't know the physical events of what's coming, guess what? We can trust a God who does because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And so these fellas here, there was the, the first step of faith, so to speak, in their life was a distance that had to be overcome. A distance of from fulfillment and a distance without sight. And once they realized, okay this may not happen in my lifetime. There, there could be a long distance. And by the way, the Bible even tells us that uh, uh, some men count uh, uh, Jesus slack as men count slackness, but God is long suffering toward us that none should perish. You, and I I just butchered that verse, by the way, but it's good stuff. And so the the point of that is this. Men may make fun of us because we're still looking for the return of Christ, but that's fine because the return of Christ is still going to happen because God said it would happen. And so even though man or the world can't see it, we can because we see it afar off as if it's already happened or is happening because it's in the Word of God. So our faith is rooted to the Word of God. There's a distance from fulfillment. There's a distance without sight. Number two. Not just a distance to be overcome. Number two is a decision made. A decision made. Look at verse 13. These all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them. We live in a day and age where people are hard to be convinced of any truth. Our culture has created a, an unpersuadable population. Uh, not just a, a skeptical population, but materialism uh, has certainly crept in and, and is, 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 at least in the United States of America, and, and has uh, persuaded people that that is the number one goal is ma- material possessions. And so we've got a people that are apathetic and we've got a people who are skeptical of truth and, and what a double whammy that is when you go to present them the gospel. But I'm thankful that the gospel, by the way, is strong enough to conquer both those things. You see, the gospel, we shouldn't say, oh, they're skeptics, oh, they're unpersuadable, let's just go eat worms, we're done with this whole thing. No, 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 no. Quite the opposite. What a challenge we have, but what power and glory can be seen when God does something like transforming a life with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So there was a decision made, and the decision was to believe. The decision was made to believe. Now, you can be presented with facts, and you can be presented with the truth, but you still have to make the decision for yourself. I would beckon those of you that maybe haven't made a decision for salvation for yourself that you would make that decision tonight. You see, I cannot uh, force you to be saved. God will not force you to be saved. It is a decision that is all on your own. You see, Jesus said, uh, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, you are doing the confessing for whosoever shall call upon the name, of, aren't you glad for for whosoever gospel? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is an individual decision that is being made. I can't make it for you. Mama can't make it for you. Mama may have been a good person, but that's not your salvation. Mama may have been saved. That's not your salvation. Grace Baptist Church may be a wonderful place, but that's not your salvation. A person, if you came in here today and you don't know, you're 100% for sure you're on your way to heaven. Tonight's the night for you to say, you know what? I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin. I believe that he was buried. I believe that he rose again for my sake. You understand? You have to make that decision. Just like, just like Abraham. Abraham had to had to see afar off. Isaac, Jacob, they all had to make their own decisions by faith, and that was to believe. But not just in salvation, but every single day of our life. Isn't it true that our faith affects should affect every single thing that we do? It affects who I am, it affects how I live, it affects how I treat people, it affects how I am in a community. It affects my standing with people, it should, and my treatment of others. I mean, faith has an effect. So if my faith has an effect, then I want to live by faith. The Bible tells us that we live by faith, not by sight. If we live by sight, it'd probably be too easy. We wouldn't need God. God. But God demands we live by faith because living by faith is a dependence on God. And when, God get, when we depend on God, God does things that are beyond our imagination and then he gets the glory for them. That's a wonderful thing. By the way, that's by design. God wanted it that way. Okay, so, so there's a decision made. So there's a distance to be overcome and then there's a decision made, an individual decision made. And so tomorrow morning you're going to wake up and you're going to have to make the decision. Am I going to walk by faith today? Am I going to walk by faith today in the decisions that God leads me to make? That's your decision. It's an individual decision. Number three. Continue in verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them. Number three is a desire established. A desire. Oh, man, there's something about when you submit to God... That desire that's in your heart to watch him work. I like in the Old Testament said, when Moses, when he was talking to people, he said, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Oh, man, what a sight that must have been when they got to hear him say that. And then they got to see the salvation of the Lord. There was a desire to see God work. It's not just, okay, I've accepted the truth. I've made a decision to believe. I'm going to say, yes, there's a faith here. No, now there's an excitement. In fact, the idea of that is both a willing and an eager desire. You know, it's amazing what we will allow to motivate us to do certain things in our life. The The Bible here is saying that your faith should motivate you to do things that without that faith... You wouldn't do. I was, I was candidating, and in, in, in one of the sermons I mentioned to them, I said, you know you know what I'm doing right now? Uh, not only in preaching, but traveling up to Illinois 10 hours north. I mean, you're, you're, you're seeing, I love the north. I do, okay. Uh, Midwest, Midwest. I'm sorry, Daniel. Um, but you, you see what we're doing going 10 hours north, leaving a, a vibrant ministry like Grace Baptist Church? I mean, what are you thinking? The world looks at that and says, you dumb, <laughs> you're silly, you're foolish. By faith, we make things that the world doesn't understand, but between me and God, it makes sense. It makes logical sense, and we do it. I shouldn't say logical sense. Sometimes even the will of God is Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey, okay? So we understand sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it supersedes reason. Most of the time it supersedes reason, and that's why it's faith, okay? But see, there's a desire. Listen, Pastor Hahn wouldn't be the pastor of Grace Baptist Church if Pastor Hahn didn't have an eager and willing desire to see God do a good work here at Grace Baptist Church. And certainly the same, I hope, can be said of my family as we head up north, as we go to Illinois you see faith causes me to do things I otherwise wouldn't do but faith also puts in my heart once I once I get a hold of it and I believe in it and I understand that there's submission and surrender to God that says you know what whoo what's God gonna do next I mean good night we bought a building in COVID year that was unheard of bought another building a year later I'm waiting to see what Vision Sunday next year looks like. Okay, goodness. The Lord is wonderful. And a faith wholly surrendered to him is a faith that we can be excited about to see what God's going to do. Wow. There was a desire there. Um, All right, so we're in the South. I think most of you... Are huggers okay? There, I know there are probably a few of you that are not okay. Um, if you're not a hugger, I told my wife, uh, I, I said, um, you know, I'm I'm am I'm a hugger backer, hmm, hugbacker. All right. I if somebody hugs me, I'm not going to make it awkward for them. Okay? There'll be a there'll be a there'll be a, a hug back, and then bear hug, right? Um, there'll be a hug back. I'm just not going to initiate the hug. That's just not who I am. Okay? Maybe you are. Um, but uh, we're, just, we're not going to be the initiators of it, all right? We'll, be, we'll reciprocate it, but we won't initiate it. Um, but with regard to, to hugging, we often call that embracing, right? I mean, that's the idea of embracing. Why? Because it shows acceptance. It shows, you know what? Most of the time, we're not going to walk up to somebody we don't like and just hug them. Maybe you do. Maybe you do. Okay? Now we're all going to question each other as we hug, all right? <laughs> I learned that from Dr. Hamby, okay? He was a great divider of of our church, I found out last week. Those are good sermons, by the way. That was a great week. Um, But but that embracing is literally, hey, we're good. (laughs) We're good. And here, the idea is, here's the faith. Hey, Lord, we're good. I want that. I want you. I want you above all else. They've embraced it. There's a desire there. Now, there's a belief. There's a, okay, I'm going to overcome this distance of this faith. Now there is a, there's a decision made of belief. And now there's an eager willingness to see, hey, God, what are you going to do? I'm excited. There's a passion. Okay. And now the Lord says, well, I'm going to do great things. But you're going to have to demonstrate that faith of yours now. In fact, look at the end of verse number 13. We'll come to a conclusion here. It says, and embrace them. And confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, in heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. The last one is a demonstration shown. You find in verses 13 through 16. Letter A is simply by a plain declaration. A plain declaration. They confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You know why you can make in the Christian life decisions of faith that may emotionally sometimes hurt? It's because you recognize, number one, this life is not mine anyway. It's God's. It's God's. But number two, you recognize, in as much as it's God's, I'm just a sojourner. I'm just a a pilgrim. I'm a foreigner here. I I can embrace this faith and I can demonstrate this faith by declaring and saying, You know what? I may be in this world, but I'm not of this world. There is coming a day where I will be in my permanent residency. I said this uh, several weeks ago, but uh, when we were in American government, one of the things that we uh, spoke about was what we call a dual citizenship. And we have a citizenship both here on earth, and as a Christian, we have a citizenship in heaven. And this one right here is temporary, but that one up there is eternal. And there is coming a day where all of this will be gone. And, and what would be said of me when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and God would look at me and say, you chose not to go because... Well, I, uh, there's not going to be an excuse good enough. There won't be. Why? Because I'm not mine. I was bought with a price. I am the Lord's. That's why, by the way, and I'm, I'm kind of getting to my next point. There's a plain declaration, but there's a transformed mindset, verse 15. A transformed mindset from sin control to spirit control. Our minds don't have to be focused on what was. Our minds don't have to be controlled by what was. You and I could be controlled by the spirit. I am so thankful that What I was in sin and controlled and owned and in bondage to sin as a saved individual, I'm not controlled by that anymore. And and there can be a yielding to the Spirit that takes me beyond what I believe I can do and takes me into a faith-lived life so that there can be a seeing God move and seeing God work and seeing God do things that otherwise you would not have seen Him do. I think about uh, in the New Testament uh, when Jesus said He did not many miracles there because of their lack of belief, their lack of faith in Him. And I just think, man, I want to submit to... I don't want my faith to limit what God wants to do. By the way, not just in a church ministry or in in your job, but in your home. What can God do in your home because of faith? Every decision you make, parents, is going to affect your children, especially those of faith. And also, consequently, the decisions you refuse to make because of a lack of faith will also affect your children. Transform mindset from sin control to spirit control. This is kind of what I was getting into in the other point, but was this. It's just a, a, a mindset that goes from earthly to heavenly. And this affects everything. It affects everything, church. Everything changes When I seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when I lay up treasures for me in heaven. uh, That changes my giving. That changes my serving. That changes my conduct. That changes the way I see people. Everything is changed. When my mind is transformed from this is it to that is coming. Everything changes. What an effect. What a, what a mind transforming that happens with this faith. I'll tell you this. That, by the way, that, that ultimate change happened at salvation. But you understand I can get far from away from my focus every day without a submission to the spirit and decisions of faith and by faith. Because as I, as I, as I refuse to take those steps... My mind gets off of what faith truly is, and my mind gets back to the earthly things. And by, it's, a, it's a revolving process. Tonight, it may be for you, I don't know, the last time I made a decision of faith. Let's get to this altar and say, Lord, I've been depending on myself. I'll give you, a, I'll give you an illustration. I, I think I mentioned this to you. I'm not sure. I hope I did. I don't know. It's not bad. It's bad. All right. So um, one of the things I, I realized uh, just in stepping away from administration is that after six years, it's easy to begin to depend on you, on yourself. It's, it's easy to be say, oh, well, I did this last year. I'll just do it this year. I did that, I did that, I did that, I did that. And one of the things the Lord taught me through this is, don't you ever do that again. You are to rely on God in every area. No matter how routine it may seem. By the way, parents... Raising kids can become routine if you're not careful. God demands of us faith. A view of heaven. A heavenly mindset. It alters everything. And they demonstrated that. Did you see in those verses? Truly if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out. They might have had opportunity to have returned. But now. Now. They desire a better country that is in heavenly. And look at this, finally, this changed purpose here. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. You know what my new purpose is? Pleasing my Savior. I I want for the Lord to look down and to say, you know what, I'm not ashamed to be called his God. Why? Why? Because, like Noah, like Enoch, by the way, none of them were free of mistakes. Like Abraham, like Isaac, like Jacob, he lived a life of faith. There is, it starts with, really, it starts with a decision. I I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe what God has said in his word to be true. I believe I can stand on the promises of God. It starts with a, a belief, but that belief turns into, man, what's God going to do? I'm getting excited about this. Woo! I'm ready to see the Lord work. Can you imagine Noah, 120 years? I mean, imagine. I worked at Grace for, well, for 13, but, but here at the school and administration for six years. Imagine doing that for 120 years? No. Amen. (laughs) But no, seriously, but you look at Noah. How could Noah be so faithful? And in the end, God would say, look at that faith. Because he saw it afar off. As if the rain was already there, as if it was already floating. He, he saw it. He looked. He believed. And that belief affected what he did. Every single day. Church, this is a, a wonderful scripture because it reminds us, God's not asking for perfection. God is asking for faithfulness. May every day we live a life of Faith. Faith that says, Lord, I don't really want to talk to that person about you right now. They look a little scary. Lord, I don't, I don't want to stop my car. Lord, I don't want to. Lord, I have a routine. Why would you ask me to stop my routine to talk to this person? But that says, you know what? Their soul, more important than routine. Their destiny. Their destiny more important than what you think you've got to get done. And I'm all about getting done. (laughs) Believe me. But may we be children of God that listen to him by faith and make decisions that otherwise we would not were it not for faith. So what is it in your life? What is it in your life that you just kind of the Lord's pricking at your heart but eh, back burner. Uh, that is too much, Lord, too much. Maybe it's, maybe it's not believing it. Maybe it's just being excited, desiring it, embracing this faith. Oh, I believe in the Bible. Uh, a faith without works, James says, is dead. Or maybe it's, you know what? Um, I need to do it. I just need to do it. I need to demonstrate. Not to man. I'm not here to please man. I'm here to please God. If I'm here to please God, it's going to take faith. Because I can't please him without it. Verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11. So maybe one of those areas in our hearts this evening that we can address. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes as the instrument's